0: Hello and welcome to Tech Takeaways, the podcast taking technology's largest challenges and breaking them down into little bite sized chunks for you. I'm your host, Jason Fitzgerald, and I'm joined as ever by my dynamic co host, Paul Stringfellow. I am here full of dynamism, so thank, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Welcome. <laughs> so, this episode is on data loss prevention. Uh, what is data loss prevention? And what you can do within your organization to protect yourself against losing your data. Um, so, Paul, why? Why is this a thing? Why do we need to talk about this? So
1: I think we, we probably should have renamed this Wayne loss prevention because as people will notice, we've still yeah. without Wayne. Um, but you know, he's, he's a busy lad. We'll we'll get him back next time. Um, but um, yeah, I, I mean, this is a this is a conversation I have with organisations all the time. You know, it's, it's a really you know it, it's high on the list of priorities for CIOs, CTOs. Uh, it should be on the, the kind of a board level discussion in terms of data is a really important asset to a business and making sure that that asset is looked after and protected in the way that any other important asset is in a, in a business, it it should be absolutely crucial, you know, and there's, there's huge risks associated with losing data. It might be a regulatory risk. So you're losing information that contains sensitive information about individuals. So, you know, we've all had the discussions around GDPR or the UK data protection act, uh, but you're also seeing those kind of regulations replicated across the world, some more stringent than GDPR, some less stringent than GDPR. So, so, from that point of view, mm-hmm. regulatory instance, then we've we've got to take care of our data. Um, but there's also other elements that we need to take care of. You know, it might be intellectual property, might be sensitive customer information. So then there's a commercial element to losing data where we might be losing that data to, you know, the classic example is always one of your sales team going to a competitor, takes a whole bunch of sensitive commercial information with them and gives your competitor an advantage. So lots and lots of good reasons that if you're a business owner or somebody charged with looking after security inside your organisation, that data protection and and data loss prevention should be high high on the list.
0: Do you think that it gets the focus it deserves? You know, you say it should be high on the list. Is it high on the list? Um, I think that's
1: a good question, actually. And sometimes I think it's very dependent on the type of organisation. So okay. in some heavily regulated industries, data loss prevention is is right at the top of, of kind of list of priorities because it has to be. But I think in some organisations... Um, It it perhaps doesn't get the... uh, One of the things I like to talk to people about is to think about this idea of data-centric security. You know, a lot of our security traditionally has been around a perimeter. You know, we've all talked about how much the world has changed over the last four or five years in terms of uh, the way we work, the way infrastructure is built. You know, it's no longer... All in data center. We don't. We're, you know, we're not all always working in the office on our enterprise laptop. You know, not all of those things. No, not not all of those things remain true. Yeah. And because of that, the way that we use data has, has changed hugely. So, so we need to have make sure that our security policies are built around data and information way more than around infrastructure and technology. Yeah,
0: and I, I I completely agree with that because when we look at traditional IT, you know, traditional IT where we've got this walled garden, you know, on-prem estate, for example, or everything is within the network that we control, so relatively few or zero cloud services in there, we can be quite restrictive about what's in there. But even though we can almost control it end-to-end, there's still an infinite, number of ways that your data can go missing you know i mean i i remember working um probably 12 years ago um to deploy a data loss prevention um system it was it was based on a firewall um you know there was a, a firewall within the network on the gateway and you could recognize the data that was flowing through it and we could categorize data in such a way that says if it looks like a credit card number don't allow it to go out um or we could do the same on email um but the technology and the methods changed. Um, So um, for example, um, and not to get too technical on this, but um, DNS, the way that website domain names are looked up is open on almost every network. Um, So if you go to a, a coffee shop and it's got a paid for network, so you need to pay for the network before you can get internet access, DNS is almost always allowed. And because you've got that channel out, there's a communications channel out, and you can still leak data out that way. So even though we've got tried and trusted mechanisms to protect against data coming out, subcriminals criminals are always going to find a way and cloud just enables that more.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's there's a couple of things that have changed kind of the data loss landscape, if you like, you know, and, and one of them is that move to cloud, but also that move to the way that we work differently now, you know, so we, we need, you know, it, it, it's... It's it's interesting the example you give because it's okay to take an approach that says, um, contain sensitive information therefore bad do not share do not allow out yeah but of course the way that we work today you know the way that we work internally as organizations but the way we work with partners with customers with uh you know with providers that there's still a re- that there's an increasing requirement to collaborate and share information so it, i think it's very hard to build a strategy around sensitive information must always be locked inside of our organization so it's not so much about well well we've term this data loss prevention—it's not so much about the idea of stopping the sharing of sensitive information. However, however, we define sensitive, it's not so much about that, but it's about enabling the secure use of that. Yeah, you know, and, and, and often when I talk to businesses, I I, I I will ask them to look at where they think the risks might lie, and there's kind of three general areas of risk for data loss. There is the idea that um, it can be malicious. Um, and, and then there's kind of two variants of malicious there is malicious external threat you know we talk we've talked on previous episodes about the threat that comes from phishing you know you just talked about data being lost kind of maliciously through DNS and DNS hijacking yeah, type approaches yeah you know so so there's that there's a malicious external threat but there's also the malicious internal threat we kind of touched mm-hmm. on before yeah. you know the idea that somebody's moving to a competitor or somebody doesn't like something your organization's doing so feels they want to leak leak sensitive information out to third parties so there's There's always that. And of course, it's pure accident. You know, somebody oversharing something. You know, I'm I'm sure, I I was going to say, I'm sure we've all done it, but I'll admit to having done this, but attaching some information to an email and then because of Outlook auto-filling the name in, I've sent that information to the wrong person, and that has been what would be deemed sensitive information in the past. So you know it's very easy for these these things to to go, and 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 the risk, as you say, cloud has just driven that risk because there's more and more places we can put information, whether it's shared in Teams, whether it's in SharePoint Online, whether it's OneDrive, Box, Dropbox, Slack, you know, Zoom. There's a yeah. whole bunch of of places that we we can put information. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, you know, that change in infrastructure and workflow has changed the amount of places we can lose data from but it also means i think that to, to address the problem we need to think differently you know the idea that we just build dlp into a firewall now is is probably no longer appropriate as a comprehensive way of of of, of stopping data being lost from an organization
0: yeah absolutely yeah, i mean you know, we we've spoken previously about technologies such as azure rights management you know being able to stamp the file with security so that the security travels with the file regardless of where it is so that's that's one mechanism by which you could securely share the file but it's 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 two sides of the same coin isn't it securely sharing and the lp it's it's, it's kind of the same thing yeah, isn't yeah. it so what, what what else can companies do to kind of help themselves so i think there's
1: um yeah, you know, it's it, it's interesting actually. Kind of uh, the, the week we're recording this, we've we've had a couple of interesting chats with with customers over over the last couple of days, where they are starting on this journey. This kind of data, how, how do we build more data centric security? is Certainly, the phrase I like to I like to use, you know. And and, and I think there's a number of steps that organisations should probably look at to to take. And I think the very first one, and actually, the most important one. And I, and in a previous episode where we had our our guest Rory talking with us about security, one of the things he talked about was idea of making sure we have buy-in, you know, and I think when it comes to building any kind of data centric security platform, buy-in is essential, you know, organisations need to understand why they're going to go down a process that will change the way, potentially the way that people work. It will restrict the way potentially that people can use and share data in ways that right now is unrestricted, in the future might become restricted. So people have to fully understand why they're doing that. You know, they have to understand what the risk of losing data is to an organisation. Uh, they need to understand the impact of building a policy around it. You know, and they also need to understand where the risks lie in, in terms of that. So But doing that initial in fact, if there was one thing that an organisation could do if they were to build a DLP policy, and we, we talk about another couple of things in a moment, but if there's one thing that they should do is get buy-in, you know, from top to bottom of an organisation, from chief exec yeah. to new hire, you know, they need to understand why data is important to that organisation and the risk that comes with data being lost from that organisation. You know, and, and ultimately the risk can be big fines.
0: Massive. Yeah. I mean, you know, some personal identifiable information comes out. That could be a GDPR fine straight away. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Or, or yeah. it could be a leak to competitors. You know, you you've got a patented design. It goes to a competitor. You know, that's your commercial advantage. You know, not lost, but you know, it's going to take a damage, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it absolutely is. You know, and and I think that idea of. You know, we, we, we talk a lot, don't we, about kind of the impact of ransomware inside of organisations, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and the, the primary goal for most cyber criminals, you know, and this, this, we talked about kind of malicious exfiltration of data, but the goal for most cyber criminals is financial gain so they are looking for how can I, how can i gain financially from the piece of work that i'm looking to do and taking your data either making your data inaccessible or taking your data is a, is a huge part of that And actually the examples you've given are just a similar kind of thing maybe not by people who would see themselves as cyber criminals but if i'm you no know, we 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 a customer that we've worked with for a long time they they invested heavily in data loss prevention technology, in data governance and compliance technology, yeah. and the whole driver for that was actually their HR team, who built in a process that when somebody was leaving that organisation, they could pull up all all information that that user had accessed for the last thirty days, and then as part of the exit interview would say, "Oh, and by the way, before you go, can <laughs> we make sure we've got all of these files? Thank you very much, yeah. because we've seen you've copied those to a USB stick, which is in contravention of our policy." oh, and by the way, you're leaving to join a competitor, so let's make sure you're not taking that information with you. And that justified the whole point of having data loss prevention technology for, for that organisation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You see, I I, I think that organisations still don't appreciate the value of the data within their organisation. You know, data ultimately is what differentiates your cost, uh, you from your competitors. It's what de- defines you as a company, you know, if we, we, as an IT company, we've got information on our customers, we use that commercially, you know, to target relevant solutions to, to advertise to. If we don't have access to that data, that has a real impact in in finances of the company.
1: Yeah, and, you know, in, from operational to, as you say, from, yeah, you know, the the fact that you might well get a visit from your kind of your local data protection yeah. regulator you know the, these are all things that are not great you know these are things that are not great in terms of your um uh, the way your customers see you the way other businesses see you your reputational damage of losing data are, are all yeah. huge but, you, but you're absolutely right i think organisations don't necessarily see the risk and the potential impacts which is why kind of if there was one thing that we would give as a takeaway from this is that idea of buying, you know, and I, I I mean, I know you saw on a call with me yesterday where we were talking with a, with a a customer who's, who's kind of looking to go down this route. And I shared a story with them about one of the most, the trickiest projects I've worked on in this kind of space. And it was you know, relatively big organization. We're looking to deploy a data loss prevention strategy. And I knew within 45 minutes of the first meeting that this was going to be almost impossible. And the reason it was going to be almost impossible, there was no business sponsorship for the idea of data loss prevention. It was an IT-driven project uh, where they were going to look at changing the way people worked. They were looking at building classification into, into information. And without the sponsorship of an organisation from top to bottom, that's going to be almost impossible. And as yeah. it turned out, it just it took them six months to find out this was going to be almost impossible.
0: Like a failure to launch on the project.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it was just that kind of delay. You know, they ended up spending a lot of time and effort into failing to launch as well. So, you know, that that kind of piece around you know, understanding that and understanding that across the business. I mean, this is not just about your chief exec needs to understand, you know, your your legal team needs to understand the impact of what does losing data mean to us from a legal point of view? What does it, from a from a marketing point of view, you know, what do marketing needs to put in place to say, if we lose data, how do we handle that? You know, from a HR point of view, what's the impact of a user leaking data? You know, how do you deal with that as an organisation? There's lots yeah. of parts of a business that need to need to understand DLP. You know, and I'm sure people might be watching this thinking, well, I thought you was going to talk about technology, you know, how you can use Microsoft 365 or, or other vendors to, to build data loss prevention policies. Um, and, and while you can do that, data loss prevention is much more about a strategy and approach than it will ever be about technology. I
0: absolutely completely agree with that because uh, I think in the same way that we treat technology with cyber essentials, ultimately it is a business driver. We want to make the business more secure. How do we do that? Well, we can use some technology to supplement that, but ultimately, it is a people and process with technology. And it, DLP is exactly the same. Yeah, you know, we've got all of these different intersections, and it's about making it work so that the business, you know, doesn't lose the data. I, I, I think for me, you know, you, you mentioned your takeaway get get the business buy in. I think you know, probably uh, uh, maybe a little bit of reflection on you know the va- the valuable nature of that data within your business you know if that data was inaccessible what would you do you know if that data got out what would you do in some cases some organizations are going to have to organize almost like a PR team you know and treat it like a cyber incident response in the same way that you know if it is a PII breach and their customer data is breached they're going to have to contact all their customers notify them of it before the ICO comes and that may involve you know kind of PR teams you can't hire a PR team if you're in the middle of a disaster. No. So, you know, you need to think about that before in the same way that you can't test your business continuity plan in the middle of a disaster, you know? So I'd say maybe, maybe, maybe kind of treat, treat them the same. I, I think it's, I think that's probably a good point to end on.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, if this has kind of ca- captured people's attention around, well, why, why I would build a date loss prevention strategy. I mean, do let us know, leave something in the comments and we can, we can do an episode around some practical steps you can take in building date loss prevention strategy as well. But let us know if that's an episode that you, you think you want. But yeah, I think that's a, that's a great place for us to end.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for watching. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Tune in next week.